radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Bell on the drums and Beans and Kyle. Kyle Serafin's joining us today. Yeah. We're going to talk about the weaponization hearing from yesterday and and all that's going on with these suspendables because... I've got my voices queued up, so... Oh, my God. I'm ready to go as you need. So before we get into the serious, I just wanted to... Like, I jumped into Kyle's live stream yesterday um, for a little while. She had, she had permission in case anybody is concerned that she just, like, annexed my space. I asked her to come into my live space. And it was great because um, we watched the hearing together and, you know, we were talking over all the Democrats because they're terrible, horrible people. And this happened. And I'm just going to let everyone. Hold on. Do you know that we got more views than um, right now? We have more views than the daily callers. Really? Um, He's like by a lot. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Almost almost two X. And we had something like 70 percent of the people. So there were thirty five, thirty eight hundred people watching it live on the weaponization's own YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And we had up to like twenty five hundred people that were watching, which is for for Kyle Serafin's little channel. That's kind of impressive. stuff. We were both blasting out that link. I think Gigi took it and threw it through the social engine, too. So it was like everywhere. But you see, that's the that that's the the thing I, I really love about all this, especially when it comes to the 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 CNN town hall with Trump. Uh, some of the people when when it obviously didn't go the way that they wanted it to be, they they wanted it to be some sort of a uh, negative crucifixion kind of a scenario for for Trump. The uh, the next day, the next day, some people actually said he oh, CNN only brought in three point three million viewers. I said, you know what? Yeah, I know that. It's the, yeah, that's the, the the dinosaur television. But what you have to understand is that there were small, relatively obscure channels all over the internet that some had up to 25,000, 30,000 people watching this restreamed stuff with commentary at a time. Yeah. It, I that it's just uh, just goes to show where people's attention really is, and it's decentralized. Uh, that's the yeah, thing, they can't amazing. control it. Nielsen and they can't, can't monetize it. I know, and Nielsen can't count those, so there's never a real. Like what we used to do when when uh, anybody spoke that we didn't like, we'd go count up the YouTube views across all the platforms and see, you know, versus what we were doing and, and look at the comparison. And it's never it's never comparable. They're, they're dying. Before you get real serious, I want to show this to Frank. I think he'll appreciate it more than you, Tracy. What is it? Look at this shirt. Look what's on this shirt. Are those frogmen? Bro. Nice. This is I've never seen a Hawaiian shirt that's like ready to rock like very, that. Frog very, men very with subtle. Frogman, yeah, coming out of the water. I got this. This is a combat diver shirt, and um, I I got this and I wear it to church. And I don't think anybody notices like that. That's great. All it's saying is this guy is ready for action. Whatever it looks like, this is an amphibious warrior shirt. Well, my I, my daughters always tell me they're like, are those are those you and your friends, Dad? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, honey, that's right. That's who it is. I don't have a dragger, but if I did. Love it. It's so I like it. there's like maybe a five second delay between us talking here and the stream. So I'm watching Kyle just sitting up in his chair to show Frank's shirt right now. It's like it's like a 20 second delay. It's, I think. You want to see my you want to see my what my underwear? Take a look at my underwear right now. I do now, actually. Is it a speedo? <laughs> if, we're, if we're doing this and then don't don't tease me. Don't don't threaten me with a good time. It's like frogmen underwear. I can't <laughs> believe it. The, the synchronicity is incredible today. That's it. We're just we're aligned. I love it. Are you gentlemen right, done? We're done. We're done. Uh, This is like a yeah peacock session. It's Friday morning. You have to just let it out. Tracy literally texted me as I'm waking up. I'm like, because I was up till midnight doing the uh, the GSG thing, and then I I get this text. It's like, are you awake? And I'm like, I drag myself (laughs) upstairs. I'm like, yeah, I've been awake for hours. You know, got that thing going on. She's like, my audio is is not good. And I'm like, you're right. That button. He figured it it out. He figured it out. I think. In the meantime, I got to see Gigi's OnlyFans, uh, you know, selfie <laughs> live stream, which was very settling, very unsettling. It's like a little bit of blurred background, a lot of uh, bare woman's arms, you know, and some of spaghetti straps. And then, like, I didn't realize what was going on. I'm like, why do we keep seeing pieces of this bed? She's like, mm, my bed. I'm neurotic. I can't go downstairs with the bed unmade. And I was like, 
Yeah, I know how that is. Your fans appreciate that, though. Like, oh, that's why I'm, that's why I'm blurring out the disaster behind me. It's not going to look presentable for a, a couple more weeks because of everything going on over here. But what time was this this uh, this hearing that? Because uh, I didn't watch any of it. That oh, you guys it started at nine yesterday. She, I think she's she's about to share and blow your mind. Oh, I'm going to okay. share something. All right, this is. I hope I hope you can hear this, uh, Frank. I have watched this clip. I'm just going to set it up. We were sitting there, Democrats speaking. I've watched this probably 40 to 45 times. I'm I'm just being honest. Every, and you've been showing your husband and you've just been like putting I this I showed my husband. I showed my daughter. I sent it to people who asked me for it because they were like, where is that section? I'm telling you, Kyle. People, Why was this the section? This was the one section of that stream with all of its glory yesterday that people were obsessed over. It was... <laughs> it wasn't the, here. Hold on. Do investigations. Hold on. Let me set this up the right way. Make sure the volume's all the way up. It was this appropriately. Is, it was appropriately introduced. I think it's, people are hyped. Here we go. If you, missed, if you missed the live stream, you blew it. Just saying. Here we go. Presumably to Can you hear it? It's too low. Up all this time with pauses. He sounds like uh, John Kerry. He's got the same face as John Kerry. Well, I can't make it any louder, so. It's it's like it's, I can't hear it. I I can hear it, but it's it's like bare, barely there. Yeah, this is the best I can do. So we're just gonna play it, and the audience can hear it normal, but you won't be able to. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Here we go. We do investigations, presumably to. God, he takes up all his time with pauses. He sounds like uh. To address John Kerry. He's got the same face I, as John Kerry. I've listened as best I could as the. Conversations have gone back and forth. Very confused. He's confused by words. Really figure out why we are spending time here. I just don't get it. Indeed, our task is <laughs> to just, address. I'm so tired. In this case, in the FBI. I'm doing this for a long time. How we might <laughs> I just find a solution to those problems. Wish we could to be but one talk about issue, as I can try problems? to understand it. But I just and that is that the. The use of the security, the security uh, issue, it's an issue, makes it difficult really for hard. the participant. I ran out of words for a second. To find satisfaction. Some people call this buffering. Is that the I'm just trying to it? buffer yes, sir. words. There's, there are limited protections. They Holy were, moly! One of them came after the Whistleblower <laughs> Protection Enhancement Act of 2012. Just an executive. Your recommendation is a change in the law some sort of thoughts as it applies to, I suppose, all federal agencies. Because yeah, as it is right now, for employees, six? they have to wait a year after being suspended before they can go anywhere to appeal. How long is a year? The suspension I see. I see. Well, have you made a specific recommendation to the committee as to the I'm seriously the laughing again. Problem that you're That's why I'm here right now. I just made it. Did you? You're here. I'm here. Okay. So you believe you have so. Should we have lunch later? Inviting your specific change to the. Would be happy to, and to the extent that it's helpful. No, it's my time. It's my time, please. Um, just. Let there are other talk. things going on here. Just Mr. let it go. Mr. Freed, you have a very interesting background. It's uh, the face, Kyle. The I can't. FBI and beyond. Mr. Free? You've also had a very interesting yes. tour Things on Twitter. Twitter. I read Twitter. It's on the internet. Who is this guy? <laughs> Tracy had to mute. Including some Democrats. This guy is slowly. Express support for law enforcement. You know that we support law enforcement, right? Kyle, what kind of modulator do you have? It's a Roadcaster Pro 2. Okay. Mine, I, I, I have so many. Uh, I've been building up my voices over the years with this thing. I love them. The, the ending part, which was the funny, one of the funniest parts, was just happened, but I don't have the clip uploaded anywhere. So I can't show it to you. Um, you can go to Kyle's live stream, which I'll put in the show notes below. I still, I'm sweating from trying to stop laughing right now. I, yeah, the, the, those, the best line in there is how long is a year? I don't know yes. where I came from. <laughs> Sometimes you just, he's just like. Hmm. Well, that, that epitomizes <laughs> the, the, the exchanges at these things. Dude, he looked like John Kerry. He looks like he had a John Kerry mask on that didn't fit him very well. 
And I don't even know who that's that uh, that uh, representative is, but he was so tired, like holding up a piece of paper. He was just, just couldn't do you know, it. I, I may I, I don't know how we did it over. I, I it sucks. It kind of sucks because you know Cuomo is going over here. But I had found I had found I had modulated my I had certain settings for, for certain people. But I had the perfect Cuomo voice. I had the there's a few other th things that I had done. Oh man. I'm not sure I'd be proud of that. That's weird. But oh wait, no, you well you have to be able to if you're going to if you're going to <laughs> Yeah, if you're in New York. Can you uh, can you throw on your D Debbie Wasserman Schultz voice for us, please, Kyle? Oh yeah, I was doing this because this is whenever like this is what females who irritate me sound like in my head. They just talk and they're like, Have you seen my ramen noodle hair? Because I can't straighten it. <laughs> Always like this. That's why I, I call them Robin Noodle. Oh, I, I just have greasy hair. I have greasy hair and nobody likes me. You have to give her a lisp. You have to give her a little bit of a, a back tongue lisp, though, Kyle. She has that going on a little bit. That's because she's having a hard time with her teeth. She's three quarters Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's just the, that's like it's just a pitch up. There's nothing fancy about it. But uh, those people drive me insane when they start talking. And I was like, I know that my friends hate these people. I know that my buddies are seriously frustrated. So I've got to do something. I got to do something so that they know. Because I told them, I was like, whatever they say, I'm going to be lampooning in real time. So just let in your heart when you're frustrated, just know Seraphin is probably doing my inner monologue out loud. And that's what I had to do. Oh. This woman. Yeah. But. So we had Plaskett in the beginning. Do it. That's so, who that was? No, no. Plaskett is the uh, the fake representative from, she's Her. from New York, but she's representing the Virgin Islands and she's not allowed to vote. What? Yeah. She's, she's from New delegate. York. She's a delegate, but not a, but not a representative. But she, cha she's the ranking member on the weaponization She's the freaking committee. ranking member. They just make up titles. And then none of them know the rules. Tracy and I were laughing. They're like, uh, point of inquiry, point of uh, uh, order, point of thing. I don't, words that don't mean things. They're like they're like the kids that showed up that didn't prepare for debate. And so they don't actually know the names of any of the rules and they just say stuff. And then and then they argue with each other whether that thing is correct. Like Jim Jordan doesn't know him either. No, and if his staffer is not right there to scream in his ear what he's supposed to be doing. Somebody has to be looking through the rules. And then you've got like Dan Goldman in the back and he's like, excuse me, um, I, I'm, I own Levi's. And then also... Um, <laughs> Rule number 10, section 1-3, uh, makes me a nerd. I'm just a big nerd. He's and, terrible. Uh, All of them he are is, terrible. He is an awful human being. I, I introduced something last night. Do you know? Uh, do you guys know who uh, Wendy Davis is? Not uh, Wendy Davis. Uh, Wendy Rogers in uh, Yeah, in yeah, Arizona. yeah. Yeah. So she talks to my dad every week on his radio show, um, just randomly. That's just like one of the things that she does. I think that's her constituent area. And she had like a, like a rage retweet session of like a bunch of my tweets yesterday did she kind of, yeah super weird i don't i didn't even know she was following me but it makes sense she's so i look in there she's a she, vet she wrote one yeah yeah she is i think she was a pilot yeah um the, the funniest thing is that she retweeted one of these things where i can't remember which one of these idiots i was listening to but i said i'd like to bring back trial by combat because the idea of introducing garrett o'boyle who was in the hearing yesterday to like any of these idiots that was trying to just like I, he would dismantle them the way they like what was the mountain and the other guy the yeah. the, the, the uh not the scorpion the ham the viper the viper oh yeah. oh oh yeah the mountain and the, and the viper like literally I, I think garrett could actually pull their limbs out of their sockets like dan goldman could be dismembered by physical hands in a trial by combat scenario with my buddy because he's a monster he's like 6'2 and 275 like he's a huge dude he's seriously like very loving and gentle and sweet and also you know is a combat vet that can flip the switch and get violent as needed and i was like we need trial by combat for these idiots so that they face physical consequences of their stupid thoughts like we can't have dueling anymore and i just feel bad about that i feel like we've taken away and she wrote like bring back real men love this or something weird and it's like whoa wendy Wendy? No, I, I'm down with trial by combat, and I, I've been yeah. advocating for for duels to to uh, to come back. Is, yeah, is there one any any state in the in the union that uh, duels are legal? I hope it's it won't be Texas, but it should be. But it's probably like Kentucky or Tennessee if it was anything. Oh, I hope they come back. Massey was so disappointing yesterday in this hearing. He he played testimony from people that were not there. That was an interesting move. Yeah, I was expecting like about? the one downside we thought there was 
And Wendy wrote a great article for Uncovered DC, and we're going to listen to some clips now, and hopefully the, the volume's better. But um, it, the, it actually got better, by the way. Oh, it did? Yeah, it just took a second to, okay. to buff, cool. buffer or something. Um, the one thing that Kyle and I said over and over and over again was they they used their time to make their speeches, and these guys didn't get to talk. The actual people who went to the committee, Garrett and Marcus and, and Steve, didn't get to speak. Very, very little. And, and the attorney representing them from Empower Oversight. But here is how this started. Here's Plaskett talking about how this started. Guys, just give me a thumbs up, Frank and, and Kyle, if you can or can't hear this, and I'll switch the view. They give us the bare minimum notice for hearings. No subject indicated. We learn who the hearing witnesses is from British tabloids. That's who the not witnesses normal is. in the House is that of Representatives. Multiple witnesses? Yeah. One must wonder. Stupid. Are Republicans Stupid scared of giving us the Subject information so that we can do our own due diligence on these conspiracy theories? She the wrong word. She says these found, ideas found that they want to put forward. Diligence. Today's hearing will be more of the same. Listen to this. Perhaps they're too far gone to realize that, in fact, this hearing oh, is gone. evidence, as if we need it anymore, that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the rule of law in America. Yes. Less than yeah. two months ago, for we're a threat to the rule of law. Uh, me personally, I'm, I'm not a MAGA Republican. Here's the thing: I'm also a threat to the rule of law, though, compared to whatever mm. she thinks. Because um, whatever she's into, I'm the I'm for the opposite. I actually was on this Twitter space last night, and I was like, "We need to have a new charity." I'd like to. I don't know who to set it up, but I need like some really aggressive people, maybe some former law enforcement folks, and it would be called um, uh, "Hilo Rides for Commies," and we just. <laughs> One-way tickets on the helicopter. Some Pinochet uh, movement over here. Correct. We could start in the third world and see how it works out and then work our way back. But like, honestly, some of these commies, they hate America so much. They hate the idea that anybody is allowed to disagree with them in public. They are offended by the basic principles that are in fact American, which is that like, guess what, lady? We don't have to agree with you. That's the whole brilliance of the system. And... They despise it. They they're and they're so so angry that it exists. So yeah, that's why they ultimately yep. start killing their own first. I mean that yeah, yeah start, but that's only start... because they have that's only because they can't kill you. Because they would, I think, like they don't value you as a human being. They don't even Not value the themselves. How can they value anyone else? So true. There's more yeah. of her. I wanted to play here. Former President oh. Trump facing mounting investigations into his many alleged crimes, declared that, quote, Republicans in Congress should defund the DOJ and the FBI until see, they can come to their she, senses. She talks about the, she talks about the, uh, the, uh, the, the threat, the threat to everything that the supposed other side, whatever the perceived opposition is, and then she goes on to mention mounting investigations because of alleged accusations that they are the ones throwing out there because they are, in fact, the biggest threat to any kind of rule of law and happiness and standard of living that we could actually be proud of over here. So it's just um, you need know. to go. She's not you, a threat to me. She's just like a blowhard. She sounds like a moron. She says dumb things. She has no vote. That's the best part. Oh, she didn't watch the investigations, but she's she's commentating. She's commentating yeah, well, she's on something. To that bring, she, she's trying to keep awareness of it. She's trying to do the talking point thing. But I think people can see through the fact that she's a she's a dim bulb, man. She's a flickering 15 watt like that belongs in a little chandelier somewhere. The funniest yeah. thing for me no, is how the they're they're so desperately trying to flip the defund the police thing on conservatives after you they, have that. You have that piece. It's too? coming right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're talking over it. But yeah, she's she's clearly a defund the police people because that's the talking point for the party two years ago. But she's moved on and now she's she's mad about the FBI. It's like the FBI are not the police. We'll get into the de details of that in a second. Well, yeah, I mean, I have they, them calling. I, I wish I had that clip where what's his name is saying is the FBI law enforcement agency. And Steve is like, no. It's an intelligence agency that has law enforcement capability. Right. He's taking my line. That's the fun thing about the suspendables. We have a full bilateral trade agreement for all of our best <laughs> best wordages. He also, if he, I wish he had got a chance to say it, but he was like, I want to try to get in there that the FBI is actually having a Bud Light moment right now. Oh my it's gosh, crazy. that would have been uh, fantastic. I, we have said that on national media, just not on that one. I have Steve on um, 
Newsmax. We can watch that real quick. And I have other clips. I would say there's nothing more patriotic than, than trying to help this country stay free uh, and to break free from, from too much government. Well, I'll put my patriotism uh, bona fides up against just about anybody. Uh, I worked on Indian reservations for seven years and arrested 150 violent criminals. I took a transfer in order to work child pornography investigations before being uh, voluntold to work on January 6th cases. And uh, my concerns were uh, that the FBI was not acting necessarily uh, any sort of political way. I was initially worried that the FBI was manipulating statistics for the financial reasons, but also infringing on individuals' rights and um, maybe perhaps having some public safety concern issues where they were using. Let's make sure everybody understands when this all started. Steve wasn't like, oh my God, they're weaponized against Republicans. He was like, they're, they're trying to boost up numbers so they get more money. He had, right? I mean, am I correct when I say that he didn't even have any idea how big and terrible it actually was? Or did you hear anything I just said? I just zoned out. Kyle. What the? <laughs> what the? I actually went to the same space that happens when my wife starts telling me about what the plan is for the day. <laughs> All right. Well, ex except in this case, I was talking about your friend who sacrificed I everything. I, I actually looked because he was texting me something and I was like, I wonder if he's OK. I know they're still in D.C. So my concern was like, what's the guys doing? I told them if they need anything, they can hit me up at any time, which they do. Two of the FBI. Here's the three of them on uh, with Waters yesterday. And we'll never Waters know. Got, hold on, before you before you do that, uh, Waters got the wrong guy when he asked the questions. So just be aware of this. The this the IPM, the Integrated Program Management tool, which is the bonus structure. That's kind of Steve's talking point these days. He's been doing a lot of research into it for for Center for Renewing America. And uh, did he ask Garrett? Did he ask Garrett? Which is to say, like, here's the thing: we all talk about all this stuff, but that's not Garrett's thing. Garrett is not the one out there like reading about it. If you ask Garrett about whistleblower laws or about EEO or about case law that that has to do with discrimination, he's deep on that stuff. Like he's very, very capable of getting through. He loves reading through court documents and like quoting. Uh, he, you'd get along with him because of that. That's why you guys get along. Uh, you love you love that the minutia. And, and he Steve pays has been doing this to thing me too when I talk and when I say he things. does. I used to pay attention to you better. <laughs> it's so bad. All right, me, play me and your wife when we get together. It's all right. We'll make it. We'll make yeah, it. no, you'll be good. Here she go. doesn't listen to me either now. She's this, pregnant. She doesn't have time for anything. This She's is always... four minutes long. Do you have any idea when that happens? I believe it's the opening of it. Okay, here we go. This should be the first question. Uh, whistleblowers from today's hearing in Congress, Steve Friend and Garrett O'Boyle, join us now along with Congressman Jim Jordan. So, Garrett, so we have evidence that they were handing out cash bonuses yep. for the amount of investigations they opened? Steve's like, um. To some degree, yes. It, it's a little more complicated than that, but uh, there is a system in the FBI where the executive management uh, does get a cash bonus if they get gold check marks in certain uh, criterias. So you're not actually looking for crime. In a way, you're creating crime. In a way, yes. And do you believe that by designating white supremacy as the top terrorist domestic threat in the country, it kind of allowed the Bureau to, I don't know, open up investigations on pretty much everything and everybody? It certainly helped. He is so, he's so badass. Steve is sitting there like, this is... <laughs> Yeah, Garrett got really calm. He told me he had this calm come over him. He was nervous the day before the hearing. And then when he sat in the hearing, he was like, I just felt like really, really comfortable. I knew what I was doing was good. Garrett is an incredibly spiritual dude. There's no other way around it. You can probably just tell he, he moves really deeply through the through, through the world. Um, and people like that are kind of special. They're not very common. Um, he just, you know, he feels he goes, I know a lot of people were praying for me because I felt it. And then I was like, it's going to be fine. And it's like, Whoa. he's amazing. He really that. is. He's 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 seriously special. I like those two guys and they're very very different and we vibe differently together. Steve and I are both like terriers, you know. And and Garrett is just like a Rottweiler, but he's like a really calm Rottweiler, but you could see that if you get him when I get him riled up about something, man, I wouldn't want to be on the other end of that. And like the three of us, you know, one guy needs to be able to take a hammer and break a door or a wall down. Uh and you know, two guys can move in quickly and 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 pew 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 with the MPs. So it's 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 a cool dynamic to have these guys, and then we're really excited because we added Marcus Allen to the to the team, 
you know, I was actually reaching out to him for a long time. You know, he was on the, the the panel there and it was difficult to get in touch with him because he didn't have a lot of connections that that were overlapping mine. But uh, he and I had a phone call yesterday and that was really good. And it was just like, welcome to the team, dude. Whether you like it or not, you're on the team. <laughs> I just adopted you. You're a suspendable. You've always been, you just, you just didn't know us. You didn't have a, a, a calm set up to us, but now we're locked in. Just so that you guys know, the give, send, go is still up for, for these guys and they could really use it, especially Marcus. Um, Kyle was able to send him some money today so he doesn't have to sell his house so immediately. Oh my, oh my God, this morning, we, dude, look at that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the good send go numbers in just a second as you guys are looking. We're at $82,430 total so far. I don't think so. I think it's higher. Oh, that's what's showing just, publicly anyway. Yeah, it just went up. 87124 That's right. Which is to say that we've raised almost $50,000 in less than 24 hours. We're going to change this, dude. Like, here's the thing. So I talked to Marcus. Um, we get on the phone. And I go, how you doing? And he goes, good. And I go, you know, how you holding up in DC? And he goes, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and I said, okay, fantastic. I said, look, let's get down to the brass taxes thing. You haven't had a paycheck in 400 days. How, how are you doing financially? Like, what can, where can I help you out? And he's like, um, well, my wife and I were just talking about that. We're probably in the 90 to 100 day, 120 day decision point on whether we're gonna have to sell the house. And I go, don't do that. He goes, you know, I, I don't know what the hell we would do. We would be, you know, gypsies or something and like live in an RV or like run around with our, you know, like I just... I'm not going to give in to these people under any circumstances. And I was like, yeah, because you're suspendable. That's how that works. That's what, that's what we're all about. I said, look, I sold the house. It's not a good at winning. I don't want anyone else to have to do that. I don't want you moving out of the, the house with your kids. So we're, I said, under no circumstances, sell the house. Like you and I will figure this out. Even if it's just the two of us, it's not going to be the two of us, but if it was. And so I, I wired him, um, you know, $5,000 last night on Venmo. And, and and I don't know if you guys have ever done a give, send, go or any of these GoFundMe type campaigns. I think Crazy has. It takes a little while, like after people pledge the money or they, they pay the money in, that has to clear, like the credit card transaction has to clear, which takes sometimes up to a week or whatever it is. And then after that, then you have to, you know, sort of download the money, request the thing, and then they do the transfer. And it takes however long it takes to transfer to a bank, which takes a couple of days. Um, but I wasn't going to wait for that. And I don't want him to like feel like I'm saying words because I'm sure people have told him they, that they would help out before. Mm -hmm. That's just how it works. People have good intentions and they don't follow through. Um, and I have no patience for that at all as people who know anything about me or have been watching. I, it's like, oh, I, I need new headphone cables. So like they came in overnight, you know what I mean? Like I just, I just have to get things done right then. So, uh, so yeah, so we're up to almost $50,000. I gave him obviously 10% of it last night, which we, I think we were at $20,000 when I, maybe 15,000. And I was like, I'm going to throw the five at you because I've got it and you need it. And, um, and it's going to be a big, big deal. We're going to change this guy's whole trajectory because it's a big hole he's been living out of for a year with no paycheck. You assume he probably made close to $100,000, maybe a little more. How did he not find you guys? That's the thing that I want to know. I never heard his name before in my life. He, Can you he explain trying to. what he, he did too? Yeah. So um, so he was, it's funny, everyone called him an agent over there. And that was one of the brilliant moments of the, uh, I don't know if you have that one in, in the clip bay, but they basically, they probably not because it made uh, the Democrats look bad. It's not on Rupar speed. But essentially they're like, you know, as an agent, would you do this? And like, they go to Garrett and he was like, yes. And they go to Steve and they go, yes. And then they go to Marcus and he's like, I wasn't an agent. And the guy was like, but do you agree? And he was like, I don't know. I wasn't an agent because <laughs> he wasn't an agent. So he was what's called an SOS. An SOS is uh, like a staff operations specialist, I think is what the letters stand for. Essentially they're what, what we would call internally a tactical embedded analyst. So for people to understand that there are sort of two sides of the analytical coin, one of them is tactical, which is to say on the day-to-day -day basis. And that's what SOSs do. So they do background research. I'd say, Hey, um, tell me about Tracy beans. You know, where does she live? What does her social media circle look like? You know, do we have any open search records? Do we have uh, family members that we know about? You know, is she in any of our databases? Is she in the public databases? So LexisNexis, um, Accurant, Clear, all this kind of stuff. So they would go and they would put together a profile of like, you know, like a page or two or five um, rap sheet and, you know, if they have a firearms license and all the stuff that's available publicly to law enforcement and they, and the SOSs do that. So they are like deep in the, what we would call open source intelligence game. And then they are also into the database game. And sometimes they're classified databases. Oh, you know, he, he's entered the country this number of times and left and, and these are the dates and these are the patterns and stuff. And so they're really, really helpful. Like as an FBI agent, I would take I would take one SOS over five or 10 Intel analysts because I have no use for Intel analysts. They write like these long form sort of high level term papers about strategic threat analysis and what's going on in the area and what's going on in the country and what's going on over time. 
and SOSs are like in the moment, in the fight with you. You know, I'd be at an airport looking for a subject and, you know, hit up my SOS and he would tell me, flight changed, you know, it's going to be on this one instead. He actually bought another one-way ticket. He's going to Marrakesh. And you're like, oh, okay. So they're really, really functional for the agent. And what he did was open source intelligence analysis and information running across the broad spectrum, not just the mainstream media pieces, but some of the alternative stuff and some of the independent journalists and sent information over to uh, agents that were doing January 6th interviews in the Charlotte field office. And so when he does that, that's what he got jammed up for because some of the stuff that he was reading and he wasn't opining like this is actually true this is not true he said here's some additional information coming out about january 6th it looks like there may have been some embedded federal sources we may want to be cautious about the way we approach these subjects because we may not have the full story out of dc and that's essentially what got him thrown out and they removed his security clearance for what they called conspiratorial views that undermine the security of the united states of america yeah and and during during the hearing um, they played a clip of George, right, where George was talking about how they couldn't give them footage of of January 6th in D.C. because it contained video of their confidential sources. That was the bombshell of all the things they showed from George specifically that people should. And, and I'm going to have George on my show in um, half an hour or whatever it is. And so we're going to get out there and talk about this exact same thing. But what he revealed was. The Bank of America, so this is George Hill. Um, he's a supervisory intelligence analyst, retired from the FBI's Boston field office. Boston did a good thing where they were given a bunch of information from Bank of America that said, here's all these people that bought bus tickets to go down to January 6th. Investigate them, FBI, because Bank of America is also commies, apparently. And uh, George said, you know, like, well, just show us that these people were in the Capitol and then we can open investigations into them. That's really easy. And they said, well, no. And so Washington Field said, no, we're not going to give you that footage. And the reason we will not give you that footage is because it may compromise our undercover sources and agents that are working in the Capitol, which should give everybody the big red flag that they've always, you know, lied about it. And Chris Ray has said, you know, there were none of those or we're not going to talk about them. But don't read anything into my answer. Well, the answer is, is that Chris Ray lies in front of Congress. He's done it. And. This is one of them. Or he does lies of omission or he does these sort of like dodges where he's January not going to 7th. tell the truth. I think I have it. it. Yeah, it's from Tom Massey's uh, piece there. Yeah, I have it right here. You want to play it? Do it. All right. How we've seen in this instance, one of the biggest corporations in America working with the FBI to violate civil liberties. I believe it was either on January 7th or 8th, the Bank of America, um, with no director of the FBI, <clears throat> data mined its customer base. And data mined a date range of five to seven years of any BOA customer who used a BOA product. And by- so they data mined from the 5th through the 8th, I believe, he said. Any Bank of America customer that used any Bank of America product in or around D.C., correct? Which dovetails very nicely with the uh, Sonia, correct? That's her name? Yes. Yeah. With the Sonia story that you broke where the the same thing was being done via the TSA for anyone who flew in and out of D.C. for any reason between the 5th and the 7th of January. Yes. So... There's more to this clip. I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood that. Um, it's all coming yeah, together. The, the real key is this. The the bank was not asked by the FBI to do this, as far as we know. They just voluntarily they did this, it. They volunteered this information. If you work with Bank of America, Bank of America considers their allegiance to the federal government's narrative about January 6th more important than your personal privacy, because there should be, and I, this may be a violation as far as I know, the Bank Secrecy Act, which I've had to sign that caveat a million times when you're dealing with bank information, it is, I don't know if the bank is actually allowed to hand that out without any information. That may have been a violation of federal law. So I, somebody who's who knows more about federal law, because I never did white collar fraud. In fact, um, my buddy, producer Phil, would be the guy to ask about that. If Bank Secrecy Act stuff can be voluntarily, if it can be voluntarily handed, handed over, voluntarily. Very weird. Uh, and, and, and 
more and more companies are doing this. The Twitters, the you know, the Googles, the Facebooks. Generally, they don't want to get involved in federal business, so they try to protect their customer base because one, it's a pain in the ass for them to do it. They do it for free if they're handing the stuff over. But also, um, customers have an expectation of privacy when they do business, and that the government is supposed to produce process. Famous story: uh, My old man was working for KRLD AM. This is in the, the early '90s. This is what 19. What was Waco? '92. Yeah, somewhere around there, wasn't it? Frank, 91 or 92, you know yeah. My, you have to know that. My brain is not there. Um, long and short of it, ATF came in and said, hey, could you just give us the, um, you know, can you give us the call records from talking to Koresh? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Just give me a subpoena. And and they said, well, come on, man. We don't have to do that. Like, even the bank gave me his records. And he was like, well, that's a federal crime. My dad knew that back in the 90s. 93. Just, 93, okay. He's like, you can't just hand over bank records because a federal agent comes and asks without bringing legal process. So there was a time when people knew about that and even radio stations. And you, you think the media wouldn't just like hand over all their clips right away. We know they did. Federal agents came to them and said, Hey, will you give us your, uh, you know, your, your raw documents, your raw video feed. And they were like, we don't want the FBI in our, in our business. Um, but unfortunately that means that it exposes all the people that didn't need to be exposed to federal scrutiny because they didn't do anything. There was no allegation or information that there was a federal crime that they had been involved in. And they got kind of swept into this dragnet. People got their door kicked down like the Hoopers in Alaska just because they looked like someone and happened to be wearing the same coat as the lady that may or may not have taken Nancy Pinozzi's laptop. By the way, did they ever find the, the laptop? Yeah, well, I don't know if they found the laptop. She, she, there was all kinds of excuses around that thing. Who knows? I know, what but I'm saying did. like they, they were, yeah, the Hoopers were, they weren't guilty of anything. I mean, they may have been belligerent and they may have been like, you know, MAGA E or whatever, but who cares? Yeah, You're allowed they, to do that in this country. I mean, she, I think they were they were mouthing off. And if people don't understand where that came from, the Hoopers got supposedly, uh, you know, uh, ID'd by a flight attendant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, some some uppity flight attendant decided to get rowdy with them. So it's worth it's gross, but it's there. And also you have um, you have amplified along with me the clip of your favorite field agent, Barbie, going around to people's houses um, knocking on their doors. She's FBI Barbie, and then we have anti FBI Barbie. Anti FBI Barbie is Nikki Parker. She's on Fox now. Apparently, and she's getting paid a salary to be on Fox, despite knowing zero things. And she's then there's this one, who's Alicia is her first name, I believe. No, Ashley. Ashley, whatever. She's not Ashley remarkable, Roberts. really. You're supposed to flip your hair when you say Ashley. Oh, Ashley. Ashley, that's it. And Jen Moore is retiring. Jen Moore is the uh, HR she's director not. who also was able to strip away everybody's clearances and did so for the suspendables. One year to the day. She's retiring one year to the day from taking my security clearance permanently. But I have um, just, there's been some help coming in for you guys. Cash has used his foundation to help you out, right? Yeah, should we, should we plug Cash? Cash is awesome. He got smeared yesterday and he didn't even know it. That's my favorite thing about him. I was like, hey, they're going hard on you, you know, in this stupid hearing. And he's like, are they? Well, okay. Um, uh, Cash is going to do some help for Marcus as well. We're going to try to get this guy on two feet. But um, his foundation is called Fight With Cash, K-A-S-H. Um, they do a hashtag on truth. If you guys are not familiar with it, the hashtag is F-W-K, Fight With Cash, abbreviated. Yeah, and he's awesome. Um, he's been taking care of our guys in a way. Look, people who, there's a talking point that's being pushed on the left right now that says, um, all of these guys are being paid off by a Trump, you know, associate. And, and so they're already getting paid. So screw them. And they're paid activists. Number one, if you believe that a few thousand dollars from a charitable or organization given to you after you've already lost your salary from the federal government and they've stolen all your out stuff there, <laughs> and they've taken all your stuff and put it in, yeah, in storage and won't give it out. If you think that's the, uh, the play, then you don't understand math. So cash is not like, he's not giving them a six figure salary and having them sit at home. He's keeping the lights on at my buddy's house who had to rent a house, sold his home, has moved his kids to Wisconsin, even though they lived in Kansas because the FBI gave him a transfer somewhere and canceled him mid-transfer with a two-week-old baby. That's okay. Tell Garrett. Garrett O'Boyle, one of the one of the You'll come the on your guy, show. The, I, think, well, I hope so. No, he will. I'll put him on. I've been talking with him, you know, for months now. Um, well, this is he's finally gotten clearance from his attorneys to start talking because he's now in the public sphere. So he he did Waters. That was the opening uh, act. But I think you'll see him wherever you want to talk to him. So so he got transferred to Wisconsin. Moved no, no, his, he got transferred to Virginia from Wisconsin, from Kansas, from Kansas. OK, tell it because you're going to do it better than me. So 
Garrett and I were looking down the barrel of being of being thrown out. I had already been on AWOL for for three months. I came back into the office. I had six weeks. And during that time, I was like, I got to get the hell out of this office before they can me because they're going to come after me for whatever's going on. So I put in for a transfer to a specialty surveillance unit, of which I was approved to train to I was approved for all the transfer information. I was approved for the tryout, which was like a fly out and do a tryout for this surveillance squad. And I would have been one of the probably five or the three, maybe most experienced surveillance agents on that squad was a shoe in for me to get it. Garrett didn't have any FBI official surveillance duty, but he'd done it in the military doing military operations and he'd done it as a cop. And so I had him, I helped him write up his thing. He and I, that's how we actually became friends. I was working through his, his resume and his, his uh, write up as an application to the squad. They invited him to the tryout. He did very well at the tryout as expected. And he was picked up for the squad, which I told him was going to happen. I was like, God wants us to be in the same place. You and I are going to buy farms next to each other in Virginia. And we're going to, you know, ride off into the sunset. This was what we thought, <laughs> how naive we were. And so um, I want to say I was supposed to, to go out on a Monday. I would have traveled on a Sunday. And the Wednesday before that is when they took my badge, my gun, and walked me out of the office. So my travel plans got canceled. Um, but he, that, that happened to me. But, but he, he actually went and he got selected. So that's fantastic stuff. So the two of us were like reeling about that. And I'm like, dude, just put your head down, go get hired by this unit, move to Virginia, get out of your office, like get a new start, you know, get underneath another leadership chain and you were, were going to be good. So he did that. Uh, he got selected. He went back home. He kind of like got his affairs in order. He worked on all the cases that needed to be, you know, handed over and all that kind of stuff. They gave him transfer orders and the way that uh, government transfer orders work very similar to the military. It's like a, a PCS or a permanent change of station. They order you to sell your home. They give you some tools to do that. So they sold their home like you're supposed to, went into temporary quarters and then were ready to close on a house. And he went out there. I think he was supposed to close on the Wednesday. He went out there on the Monday, the first day of the of the week to get started with his new assignment. And when he walked into the office to you know, getting ready to start the new life in Virginia, there were two agents from the inspection division instead of the people from the unit. They sat him down. They interrogated him for hours and you know tried to get him to say something the problem is they suspended and pulled his clearance for something he did not do and the reason why is because i know who did what he did they claim that he went to the media and what he did is he went to to um he went to jim jordan's office with some information and through jim jordan's office project veritas got a hold of that information which mysteriously uh there are connections between congress and journalists you can just be shocked by Isn't that. that amazing so so, and, and as anybody who knows that works in this business, and now that I'm in it, I see it all the time. Like people hit me up and they go, Hey, we talked to Jordan's office. They're going to be releasing this thing. They get information all the time because members of Congress shop around to put their story into the right place. So it gets exposure because that's what they do. So sure enough, they did that sort of thing. We've got information that went out from, you know, that went to Congress all Garrett ever did was go to Congress, but these guys are over here accusing him over and over again of leaking things to the media. And Garrett's first media appearance was yesterday when you guys saw it on C-SPAN or on our you know, live stream or whatever else. It's the first time he's ever been in the public. So that's false. He's never made those contacts. And yet, um, and you know, he did some graphic design stuff on the background for you just because he was talking to you. But at that point, he'd already been suspended for something he didn't do. He wasn't talking to me about anything that wasn't no, already. No, it's, it's literally like he, he drew a great timeline of all the kind of stuff that's going on because Garrett is very organized with that kind of way. Yep. Um, and he actually has a talent for graphic design, including this thing right here. Like he made this badge for me, which I thought was really cool some other kind of stuff. Um, end of the day, they walked him out. So then he has no home because he can't close on the house in Virginia. He doesn't have a job anymore and he knows the paycheck is gone. So they didn't have a house that they were living in. So rather than stay in Kansas in temporary quarters, they went and rented a house close to family. He's from Wisconsin. He went back to the Milwaukee area and basically put his kids in there. And then it got really cold and their stuff was in storage for six or eight weeks. And we ended up, I ended up sending him like eight or seven, eight or ten thousand dollars because I was concerned. I'm like, what are you gonna do? He's like, Yeah, it's gonna cost us close to eight thousand dollars to rent trucks and hotels and get my friends to come out there. And they got two big rider trucks and they went and they filled up and they got all their stuff from the uh, from the the government and they broke a bunch of his things like his furniture because they were just throwing it out of the storage unit um there's pictures of it that we we posted before and we raised some money to help it out so the give send go actually covered some of his costs uh but think that was, about that think was about fun. if that's you okay just put yourself in this position you have a new job and everything you're about to close on the house that's guaranteed by the salary of the new job you walk in for your first day they interrogate you berate you and then kick you out Oh, and, and your daughter is two weeks old. And your daughter's two weeks old. And you have to he's then- got four kids. And you have to then figure out, what, first of all, where you're going to live, how you're going to make it. Think about that. 
for, and, and all over a lie. Yeah. It wasn't even false. true. Yeah, it's just the most disgusting way that you could go about it. But that's 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 what weaponization looks like. That's why when he says, you know, he's angered, he's sad, he's disappointed, all the things that he is. You know, Garrett's been chomping at the bit because he sees me and Steve out there saying the things that he wants to be able to say for himself. And he's like, thanks for defending me. Like, it's, it's a very humbling position when you're uh, someone, you know, that is capable of serious confrontation. And instead, you have to let other people fight your battles in public because your attorneys keep telling you just hold your fire, hold your fire, hold your fire. So he's been holding his fire. Um, I feel like he's unleashed. I expect to see him in media all over the place if people want to talk to him and they should want to talk to him because the way that one, his story is different. It's yeah. very, very sympathetic. You know, my my story is slightly less sympathetic in many ways because I picked this fight knowing what it was and I voluntarily sold my house because I knew that we weren't going to be financially solvent if I didn't. Um, and there's nothing there's nothing light about taking your three young children. My son was uh, under two years old. You know, he was one and a half years old and shoving them into a, a you know, all the same room at my parents' house that we didn't know. And that was that sucked. That sucked hard for, you know, six to eight months. We're living in a place we didn't plan on being with no home. You know, we got a car and we got whatever is like fitting in that little RV and I'm doing a podcast. Bizarre. Um, but in most ways, at least I had the opportunity to go speak for myself. You know, I, I empowered myself in that way. And he didn't have that because he's being advised. Look, Cash Patel uh, hooked him up with one of Trump's attorneys, Michael Flynn's attorneys, and and they came out and, you know, he assumed that he was going to be paying money for it. He didn't know what it was going to be. And the guy's like, by the way, this is pro bono. Like, I get to pick my clients and you're one of the people I'm going to do it for, which is epic. Like, just a, such a good. Because they're good people. I happen to know them well, all. Yeah. So Jesse's fantastic. And when you look at all this kind of stuff, here's what you have to realize. I don't think any of us, Steve, me, or Garrett, were like, rah rah trump maga type people um, in our experience prior to this but what i will tell you is if trump's people ask me to do something because of my relationship with cash patel who has been fantastically supportive of my friends who has sent them money so that they don't go broke that they are not going to be borrowing out of their you know out of their retirement funds the way that marcus has been like that's a life debt that i will i will step up if trump wants me to come speak with him somewhere i'm there whether I agree with it or not, I'm not 100% into Trump's things, some of the things that he's been backing on. It, it doesn't matter to me because loyalty and people that are willing to do the right thing for people that did the right thing, that's big. And so, you know, I'm there for him. I'm there for all of that. And if that puts me into a camp of people that they want to say, oh, you're, you're, you're paid off. It's like, no, no, no. My principles are solid. Mm -hmm. That's not a compromise for me. Not even a little bit. The compromise would be going back and taking an FBI job and shutting my mouth and taking a knee. Like everyone else does. Here's them accuse it. it here. Here's the accusatory. Boyle, do you know who Cash Patel is? So gross. I do. Uh, have you received any money from Cash Patel or his organization? I have. Uh, Mr. Friend, what about you? Are you? Do you know Cash Patel as well? Uh, yes. And did you receive any money from Cash Patel? Yes, he gave me a donation last November. A donation? Yes. Are you a charitable organization? I was an unpaid, indefinitely suspended man trying to feed his family and his reached out to me and said he wanted to give me uh, a donation. Mr. Boyle, do you know Cash Patel? Can you, can, do you believe that? He's then going to try and go after him for IRS nonsense. That's what the whole line there was going to be. Yeah, because you're doing pay to play. So um, <laughs> it's funny. Oxford calls donation something that is given to a charity, especially money, right? But donation comes from the Latin root dona. What is it? Dona donare, which is to say to give. It's a gift. It's something that is given. So if anybody wants to get into the root of what the word donation means, it means it's something that's freely given to somebody. And you can donate to friends. You can, and, and in fact, the IRS actually considers things that you, like if a charitable donation is given to Cash Patel's foundation, which is who they got paid for. It wasn't Cash Patel who gave it to them. It was the Fight With Cash Foundation that gave it to them. And that is a 501c3 nonprofit that is dedicated to giving people who have been crushed by government whistleblowing. That's literally what they do. And the reason Cash founded it, because I had this conversation with him. I was like, dude, I don't want to take your money. Someone needs it more than me. You know, I'm not going to go starving, I don't think. Well, he yet. went through the whole Spygate nonsense. That's the why he set this up. Yeah. He goes, I got crushed. My legal bills were a quarter of a million dollars minimum. I know how expensive it is to do that. I want to be able to throw some checks. He's like, I'm in a position to do it. You know, we got donors that want to help people out. And then people like Garrett are marquee cases where they were like, look, we're going to give you ongoing money to make sure that you don't suffer. It's probably about a third of what he was making for his job, by the, the way. The only equation I can make to this is when my house burned down. 
I was in Garrett's position, but in a different life, right? And I mm-hmm. had nothing. I didn't even have shoes. And mm-hmm. people stepped up and donated to a GoFundMe at the time to help me. If I didn't have that, I would have never come back. Never. Never would have happened. It's I can, crippling. It's, it's unbelievable. And so that's the only way I can potentially even put myself in that position to understand and, and what a that- lifeline that is. Yeah, the lifeline looked like this. Um, he wrote out a check for about $5,000 is where it started. And there's been a little bit, like some amount of money. It's, like I said, about a, Garrett was making 100000 or $120,000 a year like I was. So that's ten grand a month. It's a third of that. You know, it's maybe half that. So he can buy tops. food and, and pay the electric and... And he's now moving, he moved into a rental house. This is even worse. He moved into a rental house that cost twice what his mortgage was in Kansas because he's now back in in a major urban area where it's way more expensive. And so he sold the house under favorable circumstances as in he they got a good deal on the house when they bought it in Kansas. Now they go into a worse market and they're in a rental market paying twice what the mortgage was with no equity stake. That's really, really hard to swallow. And they also took their kids, his oldest is five, just like mine. So he's got four daughters you know, under six years old and they've left their friends and their stuff. And look, I just did this to my kids. I know exactly how hard it is. My daughters went to this splash pad in Texas where they you know, spray water and it gets recycled and the kids can go run around in their swimsuits and they have a good time. So the girls are out there running around. There's all these little kids. And my daughter came back and she's like having a ball. Like her face is glowing. She's super happy. She's my five-year-old. She's like the most, them. dude, it's so great. And then she goes, I wish Cade could be here. Mm. Cade's her best buddy from New Mexico, which is her most memorable friend and we like we facetime call with them we keep that alive which is a brilliant technology innovation but it's not the same and when your kid tells me i wish my best friend was here and it's it's not because look dad had to take a new job and we had this opportunity and like we all agreed as a family it's like no the federal government is trash and they came after us and now we're dealing with that and my daughter literally goes she, this was like yesterday. She was like the reason i don't get to see my friend is because the um because the fbi tried to get you to take a covid shot and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty savvy, kid. You know, that's a five-year-old who gets it. She knows exactly what happened and she doesn't have a trust for the federal government. And she's under, you know, she's well under the age of 10. She's a kindergartner and she's got it dialed in. And then she'll tell the same story. My dad used to work for the FBI, but now he thinks they're evil because they tried to make him get a COVID shot, but he didn't want to get those. We hate COVID shots in our house. And then it just went on and on and on. It's just, it's super funny. It's also incredibly sad. And that's the story that Garrett had to do with his kids, except... I did it on my terms, knowing it was coming down the pike. He got canceled mid-move with a two-year-old, a two-week-old baby. And there's something that's more powerful about that. Cause like, man, when you're dealing with your wife postpartum, who's just trying to make sure the baby stays alive. You you're do have to, to listen to her too during the midst of that. Dude, it's just, it's so brutal to, to go. And you know, and he would, he was so angry and I knew it because I was like, look, anytime you need a vent, you just call me, you know, that puts strain on marriages that are unbelievable. It's not like I lost my job. It's like my job got taken from me for this and I'm homeless. really, really immoral action that's going on. And we all had to pay for it. Yeah, it's sad. Because this came out of the taxpayer dollars. There's something like a massive betrayal that the government does that sort of thing on. I have a clip of him talking about it real quick. And then I have one funny thing to end with. Just Okay, I may have to, yeah, I'm going to have to jump off shortly. Well, Kyle has a show to do. So Kyle, if you have to leave, go ahead. It's you fine. guys play the funny clip. Um, I'm going to have George Hill on mine. If you folks want to join us afterwards, we're over on um, rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. We'll have yep. more stuff. We'll be talking about George's testimony that he didn't get to give in Congress. <laughs> but uh, yeah, head over to, to Kyle's show right now at Kyle Serafin. On no, no, no. Finish the show up here. Fin- show your thing. I'm going to jump off. I'm going to bring George on. And then uh, we'll be we'll be rolling probably a few minutes late. It's all good. OK, sounds good. Thanks, Kyle. Good, good seeing you, Frank. Good seeing you again, Tracy. Bye. Great to see you, buddy. Thanks, y'all. Hold on. I, I, I was going to play, I, I, I want to play Garrett. Stick around with me for an extra 30 seconds to end though, Frank, because this is actually something that I think you'll enjoy that I have queued up here for the end. Oh, good. Here's Garrett. We just heard from you, you your, your interaction with Mr. Gates and how all of this occurred and all of the hardships you've gone through. If one of your really good friends, your former colleagues came to you and said, I have this thing that is being covered up and I think the American people know to, know, need to know about it. What advice would you give them? I would tell them first to pray about it long and hard. And I would tell them I could take it to Congress for them or I could put them in touch with Congress, but I would advise them not to do it 
So you would legitimately try to protect one of your colleagues from doing what you have done? Absolutely. And how do you think that solves being able to shine light on corruption, weaponization, any kind of misconduct that exists with the American people? It doesn't solve it. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. I can't think of a more sobering way to... Support Garrett and all those guys. Guys, if you have a few extra bucks, seriously, go to the gifts and go and, and give them a couple dollars, man. We've been begging for whistleblowers for years. Years. They come out and look what happens. Just, uh, just to lighten it up just a little bit, I have something. Frank, before we go, these songs are all 20, year olds, 20 years old today. All of them? 23 years old. All these songs are 23 years old in 2023. Ready? Yes. Cut my life into pieces. This okay. is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give a fight. It's been a long time since I had a I got to see uh, them play Superman at uh, Yankee Stadium in 2008, right before uh, when I went to the uh, the home run derby there. And then, but I thought that Party Up, I thought that I thought Party Up was like 98, 99 with DMX. I didn't know that was 2000. Uh, everything else very familiar, and I I miss it all. I feel like I'm back in the club. You know, they had a what's his name trumpet um, come and play the the on the entrance music at at City Field last year for. Uh, our closer and he was live Timmy Trumpet was live in City Field for the first like so you know everybody's got their like you know Rivera had to enter Sandman right mm -hmm. they all have their song they enter to so they had a live concert on the field as he came in to pitch at the end of the game to close out a game who it, again Timmy Trumpet Timmy Trumpet yeah uh City Field I'm gonna play it real quick because it's good. Edwin Diaz taking the mound. Oh, Edwin and Diaz! Trumpet takes center stage as and Edwin Diaz the, the gets ready. Electric, oh, it was to electric. Come in looking for a save. The, the, the fans went nuts. Only we could win this year. <laughs> I, uh, I, whenever I, whenever I hear that song, I start laughing um, because I remember last year when the Mets were um, when the Mets were out outed uh, from the playoffs, and um, and they brought Edwin Diaz in uh, in a ridiculous situation that just like they brought him in obviously just to try to pump the crowd up and get them involved because they knew that they were getting dominated by the Padres. <laughs> And when when the Mets were finally eliminated from the playoffs, uh, one of the best memes that I saw. I'll, whenever I hear Edwin Diaz's music now, it doesn't matter how good it is. All I think about is Mr. Met. Mr. Met comes out with his trumpet and he's pretending to play on the field, and everybody's going nuts. But after the Mets were eliminated, somebody they they deleted. The, the part of the image with the trumpet and they superimposed a inwardly turned pistol so it looked like, <laughs> it, it looked like mr it looks it looked like mr bet was trying to kill himself so that's all i think about now when i hear about edwin diaz i think about mr met trying to commit suicide that's hysterical i gotta see that if you i have to try and find that for will 
Oh, oh good man. stuff. That, uh, oh, let me try to. I should have saved it. Mr. Matt uh, <laughs> Just Pistol. Just the search term. <laughs> Please show up. Please show up. Hold on. Come on. Come on. It was it was it was so it was so on point. Um uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. Mr. Met. It's okay. Yep. It's alright. Oh. Well you'll send it to me and I'll show it on Monday if anything, because everybody's gotta jump over to Kyle's show. Thanks for being here. You have been listening to the Dark to Light Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or RadioInfluence.com. Also live, obviously, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Getter, and on Twitter. Check out Frank's show 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, Rumble, and also, quite frankly, TV. We will be back here on Monday. Later. Later.